Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. My co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, is with us today. So, you know, between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders to perform in the top 10%. And we want to give you tips and tools to help you and your team perform in the top 10%. One of the things that we're focusing on these days is top performers and what do they do in the moment? How do they manage the moment? Kathy and I are working on a new book of emotional brilliance. And we have an uh, all-star guest that we will introduce in just a minute. Um, but we want to help you in those moments to expand, improve, and select the best emotional competencies and strengths to master the moment. And Kathy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Relly. I am very excited today to revisit one of my favorite thought leaders in the entire world, Dr. Noel Tishy, and uh, I know we want to move quickly uh, into the show, uh, Relly, so um, how about if we do this? Yeah. How about if we, uh, we quickly say uh, just a few key things uh, about each other and why we do the show, yeah. and then uh, yep. we'll launch into a little bit of background uh, on Noel and uh, yep. bring him onto the show and get right into it. Yeah. Well, I'll keep, I'll, we'll keep this brief, Kathy, just like you're saying. So for folks who don't know Dr. Kathy Greenberg, uh, she coaches leading executives and companies in her proven work strategies based on positive psychology and now the science of courage. Her latest number one book is based on her uh, work with special operations, sports athletes, and global executives. It's called Fearless Leaders, Sharpen Your Focus. You can get this at www.fearlessleadersquiz.com. Dot com. And if you want more information about Kathy, you can get that at www.drkathygreenberg.com. There you go, Kathy. That was Thanks, Relly. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, um, for those of you who don't know uh, Dr. Relly Nadler, uh, he's a master level certified executive coach, a psychologist, a corporate leadership and team trainer, and uh, Relly brings his legendary expertise in emotional intelligence to all of his keynotes, consulting, and coaching and development. And his latest book is Physician Burnout. If you'd like to get more information about Dr. Nadler's top-ranked book, Leading with Emotional Intelligence, where you'll find hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performers, including yourself, all you need to do is get his free iApp. It's Leadership Keys. It comes with many, many videos, tips, and tools, and you can find it at your app store. And, um, Relly, I think what I'd like to do real quickly yeah. is make sure that everybody knows how to get your EI Central information. Uh, that's to get to your site, to get um, all kinds of EI and EQ tools and tips. That's text to EI Central 38470, or you can visit him at drrellynadler.com. So what can we say about our guest today? Dr. Noel Tishy, one of the fathers of leadership, uh, one of the most uh, present and prevalent voices on the subject, 
Uh, Dr. Tishy is a professor of management and uh, organizations at the Ross School of Business at the University of Michigan. He is the director of the Global Business Partnership, and for over a decade, he's ran the Global Leadership Program, a 36-company consortium of Japanese, European, and North American companies who've partnered to develop senior executives and conduct action research on globalization in China, India, Russia, and Brazil. Uh, if you do not know uh, Dr. Noel Tishi, he is, in fact, one of the leaders on the subject of leadership. Uh, his books include um, so, so many um, wonderful titles, but um, I know he's going to talk to us today about a new book that he's working on, and many of you may recognize Noel's name because between 1985 and 1987, Dr. Tishy was manager of management education for General Electric, where he directed his worldwide development efforts at Crotonville, which is one of the founding, if you will, uh, templates for leadership development around the world. Prior to joining the Michigan faculty, he served on the Columbia University Business School faculty for nine years. And as I said, so many books and so many articles. Uh, we'll get into some of those, I'm sure, as we uh, interview him today. But his most recent book is Judgment, How Winning Leaders Make Great Calls in 2007 with Warren Bennis. And he's also authored some of these books that you might have read the Ethical Challenge, How to Lead with Unyielding Integrity, The Cycle of Leadership, How Great Leaders Teach Their Companies to Win, and The Leadership Engine, How Winning Companies Build Leaders at Every Level. Uh, Relly, anything else you'd like to say before we bring our esteemed guest No. On? I think that's good. I think we'll let, we'll let uh, Dr. Tishy do the talking from, from here on in. And, and, <laughs> and Noel, it's okay to call you Noel. We want Absolutely. To I, wouldn't, I wouldn't answer to Dr. Tishy. Okay. Good, good. All right, Noel. So because it's been a while well, since we've had you on the show, and, and just so you know, we've had numerous downloads of the interview we did with you years ago. Tell us kind of what you're up to these days. What are you kind of most excited about? Because I know even your bio is probably a little dated, and you're pretty prolific. So what kind of things are you up to these days? Well, I just wanted to, uh, Kathy, you missed one one book that came after the uh, book called Succession, Mastering the Make or oh, Break. Oh, yes, I process did. Of leader I did, I did. Thank you for reminding me. That's okay. That, it's, it's probably the, the most relevant for this discussion because uh, it really looks at uh, successful and failed succession across uh, 1970s to 2010, and it uh, is all ones that I've been personally involved in, and the batting average wow. is probably less than 300. Most fail. We can talk about why. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to say that um, you have long been regarded uh, as a staple on uh, the subject of management literacy, and um, you are uh, one of the top, and I'd say five, management gurus uh, in the world uh, you've been listed as top 10 by Business Week and, and Business 2.0, but I was fortunate enough to tag along with you on a couple of these ventures to Business Week and Bloomberg and some of your other favorite haunts there in, in New York, and uh, you are just a treasure, Noel, and we are so excited to have you on the show today. 
Well, thank you. I'm delighted uh, I can be with you, and hopefully we can add some value to your listeners and help them begin to continue their journey to be better leaders every day. You know, and, I, and Noel, we're, we're focusing on emotional leadership. This is going to help Kathy and I, our book of emotional brilliance. And so we certainly wanted to tap you and your expertise. So before we get into any of that, like, I know you're traveling. What kind of, what kind of things are, are you still doing, all the consulting, writing? Like, where are you? What are you doing today? Yeah, I am uh, a, a number of things. I have, I, I, I'm working with the, uh, when Bob McDonald uh, took over secretary of the VA after being CEO of Procter & Gamble, he called me in. So we are working with a very, very important, um, several years in, 1,100 VA hospitals. I don't have to tell anybody all the news that comes out on it, but the reality is that they are an extraordinarily important support to our veterans, and uh, as a system, need to get better and better. But the people, uh, so I spend a fair amount of my time with uh, all 1,100 VA hospitals uh, wow. trying to work with the heads of the hospitals, head of medicine, head of nursing. Uh, then I continue to be chairman of the CP Leadership Institute in Thailand. Companies called CP, and it was founded uh, about 40 years ago by a chicken farmer who now has a 330,000-person organization with chickens, ducks, pigs, uh, <laughs> rice farms, 7-Eleven stores, TV network, a huge global wow. conglomerate. And uh, there's a, he visited, he visited GE's Crotonville about 10 years ago, heard about me, and I got one of these calls that I often get, which, hey, we want to talk to you. And it's one of these, yeah. And I said, here's the deal. I'll come over to Thailand for two and a half days. I will run a workshop for you and your senior team, at the end of which, if you don't like me, pay me my consulting fee and we'll say goodbye. At the end of two and a half days, he invited me to his house, which is about the size of the White House. And uh, he's a delightful guy. And uh, afterward, he said, uh, uh, you know, here's a little gift. And here's your payment. And he paid me in cash, so I can probably be turned in because I did not report it when I <laughs> came into the United States. All right, and don't so I'm in the back, of, <laughs> the back of his chauffeur-driven Maybach going to the airport. And I'm there with my wife, and she got a little present, too, and she opens hers. And there's a, a strand of black graduated pearls. Uh, and mine was a gold Omega watch. Oh, so That's what right, are we going to do? I said, I'm going to wear the watch, and you're going to wear the pearls. <laughs> and so I, I, I said, I sure as hell hope that's not the way he thinks he's going to pay us when we start working with him. And uh, obviously he knows, he knows how to do global money transfers. But that was the beginning uh-huh. of a very close partnership. It's a 250-bedroom facility, nicer than... GE's Crotonville or IBM's facility, and I'm, res- I'm the chairman of that, which means designing all the programs from off-campus hires to new managers to functional programs to senior leaders, and every single program is action learning. If you're a 22-year-old kid coming into CP from a school in Thailand or China uh, or Japan or wherever they're hiring, 
they go through a program where they have to have a real project, bring an idea to the company that's going to add value and work to implement it. There's something I did years ago at GE. You know, and the kids, some of them succeed, some of them fail, but they begin to learn that they're there to add value. So anyway, that's that's well, one of my really big projects. The VA is another okay. one, and I continue I to work. I was going to say, Noah, well, nothing nothing surprises me in your life, and you're doing amazing <laughs> things as always. So just hold that thought. We're going to go to a quick commercial. We're going to come back and learn a lot more. You're listening okay. to Leadership Development News. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, whathappyworkingmothersknow.com, or for distinctive learning practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. 
We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. We're talking to a leadership top performer, Dr. Noel Tishy, and we want to definitely tap into uh, some of his experience around emotional leadership. And so, Noel, one of the things we want to jump into, if you had to just think about all the leaders you deal with, are there like two or three top emotions that they uh, experience on a daily basis? We'll start with that. You're asking things, emotional feelings like they have every day are, or help, help yeah, me out on that? Yeah, if you, the people that you are dealing with, if you had to say, here's their top three emotions that I think they're experiencing every day, what do you think from your experience? Well, uh, I think uh, paranoia about where the world is going, so only the paranoid okay. survive, the title of a book okay. that... I didn't write, but it's. Uh, I, I think they right. all do not take things for granted and wake up every day and look in the mirror and say, "Okay, you know, it's it's a real uh, uh-huh. challenge every single day." Uh, probably okay. the one most heroic leader I have ever had the pleasure of working with is uh, a woman who's passed now, but she's the. Uh, co-founder of Focus Open Inner City Detroit, Eleanor Jositis. And uh, after the Detroit riots in the late 60s, she was living a comfortable life in suburbia, and so was Father Cunningham, and they moved their families right where the riots were and built a uh, organization that was dedicated to intelligent, practical solutions to racism and poverty. And it is now a 40-acre campus with a children's center with training uh, machinists and electricians and a bachelor's program in engineering, and a food program that continues to deliver food to those in need of food in inner-city Detroit. It is perhaps the most uh, inspiring organization I've ever worked with. And I've, as a result, I've created a center at the University of Michigan called the Eleanor Jositis Leadership Initiative to work with underserved projects around the world. You know, we've got projects in Mexico, India, China, Brazil, and I send graduate students off on projects to either help build new communities, schools, uh, deal with food, water, etc. So That's probably the most inspiring paranoia, leader I have ever, ever, ever worked with. Yeah, it's compassion. And, yeah, so what, know, makes her, what made her so inspiring, if you said, if you, you know, what's kind of what her key driver I, I think that she was willing to look in the mirror every day and say, what can I do to add value to the people in the community? And, hmm. you know, I have a video clip of her up in front. She used to do orientation with our MBAs at Michigan because uh, part of orientation that I started at Michigan 20 years ago is that we take all 450 of our students as part of orientation and they have to go out and do community service, either delivering food in inner city Detroit, mm. cleaning up uh, a polluted mm-hmm. river, uh, tutoring a kid, and then I That's bring great. them back together and challenge them while they're in the MBA program to stay involved. And I get 30 
of our MBAs stay involved in doing some form of community mm. service. And Eleanor would come every year and spend time with the uh, students. And there's one clip that I wish I could share on video with you, but she's up in front of 450 students. And she says, let me read some of my love letters to you. And a lot of them are very critical. And one of them was a newspaper article in the Detroit News that was about Focus Hope. And across it in black felt-tip pen was, up your ass, bitch, with diversity. And Eleanor holds wow. it up in front of 500 students and says, if anyone in this room think I'll be intimidated for one minute, you're wrong. It's only going to make <laughs> me work harder. We have to work together to end the terrible racial bias that exists. And talk about relevancy in today's world. That yeah. makes sense in today's world as well. No, absolutely no. I remember that video distinctly when you and I have participated yep. together in some of your outstanding programs. Uh, it's amazing what compassion and she is, enlightenment. She is my bench. But I, look, I, I look in the mirror and say, because when I was at Eleanor's deathbed, and she did something that I think is very unfair and wonderful, she said, you must carry the work on. And so I think about that every day. And uh, that's why I set up the Eleanor Josias Citizenship Initiative at the University of Michigan. And uh, I fund projects all over the world in her name. That's really inspiring. That's that's a great uh, story. And just just for our listeners, just about what what else can I do? And it sounds like that's a, a rudder for your day. You know, Kathy and I talk a lot about it, and I'm sure you do too. How do you start your day? So that's a, an incredible kind of setting well, your the, focus. The other, the other thing that I want your listeners to think about is there are all kinds of ways of, of getting engaged. I, I work with, I've worked nationally with all of the Boys and Girls Clubs and the YMCAs, and those organizations, as well as uh, Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, rely a lot on volunteers. And when you get people engaged in volunteer work, it changes them as much as they add value to the institution. So I encourage people to, whether it be with your church or synagogue or Boys and Girls Club or YMCA, you know, get out there and and give back. You will gain more in life by doing that, I believe. So, Noel, as you think about um, your experiences, which are so profound, and um, and you think about some of these failed leaders, what do you think is the biggest derailer or derailers for leaders? I was reading some data recently um, sharing with some, uh, some audiences of my own. 17% of CEOs have been let go since 2016 because of unethical behavior. What else yep. is the biggest uh, derailer that you've seen? Well, first of all, let me just reinforce if if you you know I have I, I have what you call a teachable point of view is the way I look at leadership uh, you know ideas you know how we're going to make money values you know what are the ten commandments for how we're going to behave uh, emotional energy how do we motivate people and what I call edge making the yes no decisions and if if you fail the value stuff get out it's not even worth having a discussion and and we've had enough 
CEOs go to jail, lose their jobs. So the the one line that we cannot accept any deviance from is, is in my view, integrity. Um, and then there are all kinds of other mistakes leaders make, from strategic mistakes to uh, not being able to hire, motivate, build the uh, pipelines. I have a chart in my succession book that goes back through my history in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000, 2010 on, of all the companies and organizations I've been involved in, ranging from, you know, Siba Geige, you know, back in the 70s, to going off and running a rural clinic. By the way, I lived in Hazard, Kentucky for a year with the Appalachian Regional Hospital System. First book I wrote was on the Martin Luther King Health Center in the South Bronx. Um, and on through, you know, running GE's Crotonville, leaving Michigan for two years, 85 to 87, and moving to Connecticut and running Crotonville and, and basically throwing out every Harvard teaching case I get my hands on. I said, I convinced Welsh that what the hell do we have Harvard faculty come to Crotonville and teach, uh, you know, case studies, their, their history. We should work real problems. You know, we're trying to decide how we enter uh, China. Let's send the teams as part of the program over to do some investigative work in China and then come back and report to you. And once I started that, Welch, Welch thought it was fantastic because these were his people. He wasn't hiring consultants to do it. So you get a double hit. You get better insight because they're insiders, and you're developing them. You hire... You know, McKinsey or an outside consulting firm, you don't get either of those. They're not insiders, mm-hmm. and they sure as hell, you don't care whether they're better or not. That's not your organization. So that that was the start of working around the world. People like Ricardo Salinas in Mexico, who's the uh, founder of Grupo Salinas. We built his leadership institute. I've worked with Ratan Tata in India and built the uh, Tata Leadership Institute and uh, worked with Unison Fast Retail uh, stores with uh, my colleague Hiro Takeuchi in Japan. The bottom line to all this is there isn't a culture that I've worked in, Mexico, Brazil, Argentina, you know, India, China, Japan, even Russia, where action learning doesn't make sense. It's very simple. Learn by doing and getting honest feedback and develop. So, uh, Neil, you were saying, so ethics is probably the key one, given uh, Kathy's stat, but then you also talked about motivating others. These are kind of things well, that, let me look, that... Can I just failed. say, an exercise I do with yeah, ethics in every workshop yeah, is, uh, whether it's in a company or incoming MBAs at the University of Michigan, they have to turn in, and you can think of the, you know, MBA students are typically uh, 29, 30 years old. They work someplace. They've worked at Citibank or Accenture or someplace, and they're coming back for a, a two-year on campus. And so the assignment at, I started this about 20 years ago, write the biggest ethical dilemmas you've faced so far in your career. So a, a little personal case study and what happened. And, you know, uh, guess what? Well over half of them, maybe maybe even two-thirds, admitted an ethical 
They crossed the line. Either I lied to a customer about a delivery date, I covered up a quality problem, uh, I lied on a performance appraisal and said, uh, you know, John was a lot better than he was, but I didn't want to get him in trouble and I didn't want to have to deal with it. Hmm. I mean, there are all, all kinds of reasons why we right. lie. And, and then we challenge the students to begin to develop while they're in our program to really take time on can you get your emotional and ethical compass adjusted while you're here. And, you know, I, I don't kid myself that we somehow change the world, but I don't miss an opportunity to deal with that issue where whatever company, whatever, I do a lot of work, by the way, with the Special Operations Forces, Navy SEALs. I do the same methodology and you know, there. No, we don't want to miss an opportunity to hear more about all of your fantastic experiences when it comes to emotional intelligence. But we're going to take a quick break, so don't go away. We'll be right back. You're listening to Leadership Development News. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, whathappyworkingmothersknow.com, or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. 
That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to the issue of Development News. We're talking with Dr. Noel Tishy. And Noel, one of the things that we were just trying to highlight just from your experience during the break is what we're calling this emotional brilliant moment where everything comes together, what they know about themselves, what they know about others, and then what comes out is the perfect solution, decision, strategy at the moment. And that's where I imagine with your action learning and everything else that, you know, you want people to make just the right decision in the right moment. But any kind of highlight stories that come up where someone that you were amazed by and said, wow, that was the perfect response in the perfect situation? Probably, for me, one of the most profound ways to learn about making good judgment calls is to go into the emergency room. I did a lot with healthcare. The first book I wrote was on the Martin Uh Luther King Health Center. I had one project with a Harlem hospital in New York. And if you want to know how good the emergency room is, you go in there on Saturday night and Friday night, as the gunshot wounds, drug overdoses come in the door. And if you really want to understand good judgment, watch a triage nurse. It's not the doctors. The triage nurse reads the signs and makes judgments as, okay, that snotty-nosed kid is going to sit there for three hours screaming and yelling, but he's not going to die. This other one, drop everything. If we don't jump on that now, he's going to die. And if you really want to know, and, and how does a triage nurse do that? Well, first of all, they have to have, what a, again, a good teachable point of view. They've got to be able to read medical indicators fast. They can't say, we're going to do a workup on the patient and decide whether they sit there or we take care of them. So they have a very clear framework, intellectual medical framework. But they also have to be leaders. They have to be able to tell the doctors and the other healthcare providers drop that and move over there now. And if anyone wants to really watch a high-performing team mm. go into an inner-city emergency room and watch how they operate, especially from 11 p.m. until about 4 in the morning because you got the drug overdoses, the gunshot wounds, the car accidents, and the system is in overload and there's one role that matters, and it's the triage nurse. Huh. That's where I learned a lot about, yeah. you know, um, and, uh, you know, if, yeah. I, I've done a lot it, with it healthcare is, over the years. Yeah, it is interesting, though, as you're saying this, because, you know, Kathy and I are trying to zero in on what we're calling emotional brilliance, but I, a lot of things feed into that. I think your judgment sure. is that, exactly, in, in the moment, it would be another way of saying, you know, it's just the right decision, and there they're saving lives. That's huge. Yeah, but here's what I challenge you. It's not emotion. It's not just emotional brilliance. You know, I, if you put me in there, I might have emotional brilliance, but I don't know shit about reading medical indicators. I want, <laughs> right, I right. want them to have the, I want them to have the, the intellectual and clinical framework uh, to decide yeah. whether that patient's going to die or not, and then they can get all kinds of yeah. emotional energy. So no, that's, it, true. that's why I say so. both. Yeah, I think what we're saying with that is it's kind of the input-output. And the input is everything you know about yourself, everything you know about others. So all that is inherent on the input. So the output is just right. Exactly. Right. But here's here's where I want to go with this. So when I have been 
fortunate enough to be side-by-side with Noel in front of an integrated class of business executives, uh, special operators, uh, people who are uh, incredibly good at what they do. What Noel is incredibly good at doing is challenging them to, if you will, be the best leader they can be in that moment. So, Mm. Noel, given that context, Okay, what do yeah. you recognize when you see these folks who, in the moment where they are, uh, they may be considered very good, but now when you take them out of their environment and you're getting them to collaborate and work together, what emotions are the most challenging for them that you see? Well, as you know, I'm a huge believer that emotional energy is, you know, without... Right. You're, you're not a leader. And so it starts with being, uh, you know, very clear with yourself. What is it that energizes you? You know, what, what turns you on and why? And so it starts with some very clear self-reflection. I have an exercise that I think, Kathy, you've seen me do where I ask people to reflect uh, on their life journey. And they actually have to, on a flip chart, uh, a horizontal flip chart, go from birth to today, and then the up and down axis is a smiley face, sad face, positive emotional energy, negative stuff, and draw an up and down graph of your life, and everybody has ups and downs, you know, and it varies from person to person, but, you know, it may be you know, my mother died when I was eight years old, and that was a very low point. It may be, you know, I became captain of the uh, football team in high school, and that was a high point. It, you know, and everybody's is different, but you get people right. to reflect on their own life narrative, ups and downs, and then right. begin to think about on that journey what shaped your values what shaped your intellectual thinking about leadership, and it, it, it helps them begin to realize that leadership, you know, leaders lead through stories, and the mm-hmm. most important story is your own personal narrative and being clear on that. And then from that, beginning to look at your own needs for where do I need to develop more and how would I do that? Hmm. That's beautiful, Noel. Um, well, let me let me turn that question on you, because I'm sure you got this asked to you. So, what you know, what what's been some of your key uh, emotional drivers when you well, look kind of back? Uh, maybe just highlight one or two. Yeah, no, I uh, one of which uh, kind of changed my life was uh, as a uh, Colgate fraternity guy getting arrested in Hamilton, New York. And uh, for drunken disorderly, and and actually brought to the Wampsville County Jail, and I uh, was told uh, I would probably never never amount to anything. And uh, wow! But it was it was it was a wake up call, and uh, it, it resulted in something very serendipitous. Because of that, I couldn't have a car. My junior year at Colgate, and it was an all-men's school, and you had to get to Skidmore, Vassar, or Syracuse on weekends, so I did a uh, fraternity brother, and says, hey, look at this, 
NYU, junior year in New York. We don't need a car. And so <laughs> I got happened to get a job that summer. I moved to New York. Got a part, one of those railroad apartments on East 84th Street in Manhattan. And I got a job at Bankers Trust Company in their organization development group. And they were doing Blake and Mouton managerial grids, which was kind of an instrumented sensitivity training thing. And I was the, the little you know, assistant that went on, and we were run five-day, you know, wow. phase one of the Blake and Mouton grid up at the, we'd rent the Fair Hotel at West Point for some of them, and, and I continued to work with Bankers Trust Company part-time while I was at NYU, huh. and as a result of that, I saw a way I could use my psychology major to somehow have a real job. And so when I backed to Colgate, I worked with the faculty, and we started looking at ways of getting students involved, and I got into the Ph.D. program at Columbia University with Morton Deutsch in social psychology and stayed involved throughout my Ph.D. program in real projects in inner-city uh, New York with healthcare, And so that was, that was the turning point by you know, being immersed and saying, <laughs> hey, I can... I can add value and have a career. Yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. I mean, as far as the uh, low that turned into a high, that, that's a great example. Well, it led me to work with the Martin Luther King Health Center in the South Bronx in New York, which is one of the 144 neighborhood health centers. And the first book I wrote was on the Martin Luther King Health Center, which uh, a guy named Harold Wise was the founder and it was built on community control and involvement. So, the, uh, for example, Dolores Smith, who became head of the uh, Martin Luther King Health Center, which had 500 employees, a catchment area of 50,000 people in the toughest part of the South Bronx, she was, a, she was a welfare mother with eight kids when she started working with them. Five years later, she had a master's degree in public health and was running the most successful neighborhood health center in the country. And the staff at Martin Luther King, she was not the only one that was like that. And that taught me right away that if you invest in the latent capabilities of people, it's amazing what they can do. And that led to me accepting a full-time assignment with the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation to work with the Hazard Family Health Service in Hazard, Kentucky. Matter of fact, uh, I lived there for a year, and one of my kids was... Uh, born down there, and uh, we were, again, trying to impact infant mortality in the hills of West Virginia, Virginia, and parts of Kentucky. And basically, it's prenatal, postnatal care, sending nurse practitioners, social workers up into the hollers, and, uh, and, and helping them with some fundamental public health issues like clean water and, you know, how do we take care of a baby, et cetera. So those are the experiences. No, you, right. you are one of the most amazing human beings I have ever met. They're, the stories, we need to get you on the show for a follow-up, but we're going to go to a quick break right now. <clears throat> and when we come back, I'd like you to think about this during the break. What do you do before a big challenge to prepare yourself? Because you are such an amazing human being with so many stories, leaders, world leaders uh, from around the world. Maybe you can come back and, and tell us how you prepared 
to work with some of the leaders of Pepsi and other large organizations where you have shared those moments with me. We'll be right back. Don't go away. You're listening to Leadership Development News. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or Amazon Kindle. The Voice America interactive radio player powered by Aircast gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for your iPhone, Android, or Amazon Kindle powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple App Store Amazon, or Google Play. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. We're talking with Dr. Noel Tishy, a uh, top performer in leadership development for many, many years. And around the management of emotions, Noel, we want to get into a little bit. And maybe the first one is when you have a big challenge, what do you do to prepare that may help our leaders, you know, to just get ready for this, this big challenge, maybe a project, maybe presentation, maybe kind of right there on, on the front, front lines of some kind of stressful situation. Any, any tips that you use or that you pass on? Yeah, I, I think to me one of the most important things is to uh, have a small network of people where you can be absolutely candid with where you are, share your doubt, and get get coaching. And you know, you can't say you're going to help other people without being willing to look in the mirror yourself and get some tough love from people around you, and I find that invaluable. You know, I, I'm sure there are many times I would have walked off the edge of the you know, edge of the earth without some of my colleagues whacking me up the side of the head and say, hey, stop action. 
So I think you having that close knit network and it goes both ways that you help them as well. So I'm just writing these down. No, so you... Stop action, then stopping yourself, and then asking others for feedback. Am I on the right course? Should I keep going? And that's kind of what you do. Absolutely. I mean, I have a I have yeah. a couple of colleagues. One of a guy named Michael Brim, who I've worked with for 25 years, who's a professor at INSEAD, and we've done projects together. And I don't think over the last 20 years, there's more than a couple of weeks have gone by where. You know, we don't get on a, a call that's basically mutually coaching. You know, what do you think? And okay. I, I've got, um, I, I've got about four or five of those people that uh, you know will tell me when I'm full of it and yeah. call a stop action and think about this. When you think about these these stop action moments, you talk a lot about action learning, how important it is to be in the moment. And you you think about the challenges of dealing with some of these uh, world industry leaders. Um, When I have uh, seen you in action, talking about um, leaders at GM or Pepsi or any of these well-known brands, and you are trying to coach them in the moment, how many of them do you really think have those kinds of coaches and what can they do, what can any leader do to find them? Well, it's kind of who can be your honest, uh, you know, some, some of them find it in their spouse. You know, some of them actually have some kids that call them out, but it's not just call them out. It's, it's, it's in a productive way to make you better. Um, you know, I, I do a lot of work with the uh, Michigan hockey team. I also work with the football team. And, you know, uh, Harbaugh, the football coach, is, is a marvelous coach. And it's not yelling and screaming. It's taking care of the players and finding a teachable moment because different players are different. So I don't, I, and, I, and I used to watch Wayne Downing when he was the four-star running the special operations force. He would go out and embed himself in stuff around the world, and he would take time at the end of the day to kind of do a uh, debrief with the Navy SEALs and Rangers out there, and it was a learning session. And, and he would make sure that he, the fact that he was a four-star had nothing to do with why we're coaching each other. So I think it's being able to create those. Uh, right. And most people, if you ask them to look back over their lives, and say, where were the, you know, one exercise I do, what was the best coaching you ever had? And go all the way back to first grade. You know, and some of you were in Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, you were captain of your volleyball team, you were something, you know, and and help them think about and get in touch with what made good coaching and what can you do to both practice it yourself but get it, so you can help others learn how to do that. So, so Neil, we only got a, a couple minutes left. Uh, um, so, when you're either for yourself or for others that you're dealing with, we have a variety of emotions: anger, loss, rejection. What's what's the best way that you found to manage that, either for yourself or that you share with others to to manage the emotions? Because that's kind of a critical skill we want to. What do we want to? delve into yeah I, I i refer to it as you know emotional energy and part right. part of how i help people 
get in touch because back to their their journey line, the ups and downs of your life. The down part is where you're, you know, you're, you're frowning and emotional energy is sucked out of you. And, you know, the the right. high points are where you've been energized, and I get every person's different. So I get them to lay out their journey line from when they were kids okay. to now, and then take some time, and I pair them up with someone in the workshop, and you share the journey line, and then you coach each other and say, okay, let's see what, what, we, can, you know, what we can pull out of that. Uh, you know, that was, hmm. that was a high point. Why, why, why? And so it's a very, it's a clinical dialogue, but it doesn't have to happen with a clinician. It happens with a colleague. You know, we're common sense guy, you know, it's the most uncommon thing is common sense. And uh, uh-huh. getting people to coach each other and help understand, I found, is a very powerful way to wrestle with that issue. Uh-huh. And I also, by the way, uh, when I work with them, I, I say commit to meeting with your coach, namely the person you're in the workshop, and when are you building it in the calendar? And so I say, and I want it to be at least a couple times a month. And it can't be, I'm going to pick up the phone. No, you're going to go have lunch, or you're going to have a meaningful, you know, coaching session with your colleague. And it doesn't work. You know that doesn't work 100% of the time. But I'll bet you the right. batting average on people following through and sticking with that is, is well over uh, 30%. And and I've seen those relationships last for years. Uh, mm-hmm. Once you start it, somebody you can call up and say, "Hey, I, I'm struggling with this issue. You got you got a few minutes on the phone, or I want to go mm-hmm. have a cup of coffee with you." And so, if you can build that coaching, uh, mutual coaching into an organization's culture, it, it, it's an amazing way to turbocharge leadership development. So, Noel, before we uh sign off here. We have a few more minutes. What, what are you working on right now? What, what new exciting projects are you working on? Well, a couple of them. I mean, one is, one is uh, I am on the journey with all 1,100 Veterans Administration hospitals, and uh, we've done programs with all of them, and we've taken a few steps backward with the way Donald Trump is treating the VA, which I think is all wrong. We cannot help our vet. We got, I've got a daughter who's a social worker in the VA. She deals with suicides regularly. Hmm. Uh, so the, the, the VA, and we cannot treat veterans using the other health system. They have no clue at the University of Michigan Medical Center or Harvard or Columbia how to best deal with PTSD. That's not their wheelhouse. And, Any you know, new books? Su- so that's, that's a big project for me, the VA. Yep. Any new books coming up? Yeah, I'm working on one now and kind of uh, the, the next generation of action learning. I don't know what I'm going to call it, but you I know, love how it. do I, well, we're what, gonna, what's we're next, what's needed and next, and, you know, what have I learned so far, and it's hmm. never, it's never over. Um, how, do I, how do I help the next generation? Well, we're going to get you back on the show talking about that. We uh, unfortunately have come to the end of our time together, but it's always, always such a pleasure. And thank you so much for spending time with us. Thank you for giving me the opportunity, and I look forward to our continued colleagueship.
Thank you. Thank you, Noel. Appreciate it. And this has been Leadership Development News. Thanks for tuning in to tune up your leadership performance. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.